Well, good day, folks. Welcome back. Today, we're in our uh, second episode of our Discipleship Reframe series. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brandon. Excited to be here. Right on. I'm doing well. It's been a, it's a beautiful, sunny day today. Well, just as a reminder, last week, we talked really about a global view of the Discipleship Reframed and talking about um, the crisis that the church is kind of in with COVID going on, the social unrest, and really understanding that maybe we didn't quite get here um, overnight. And um, and that was just, that was a large talk of what we had that, you know, there's, there are um, youth that are growing up in the church, but once they make it into college, they're falling away from the faith where the largest growing kind of um, self-identifying are these nuns um, that are not attached to any kind of faith. Christianity is kind of, uh, the church is in decline as far as membership. Um, I know in the Catholic church, they're even having problems finding clergy and others to be priests. There's just not enough um, in there. So there's, there's this kind of this crisis that we're seeing not only in America, but in, but in a global sense um, with the church, John. But, you know, if, <sighs> Well, as we move into the second part of the DR, really what we kind of, we want to focus on is, is, you know, what, what are the, what's the purpose of the discipleship reframe as it relates um, to church leaders? And, and with that, we see the crisis of the church, but what, what, are, what is the crisis that the leaders of those churches might be feeling, the pastors and the other um, lay leaders that are in charge, John, what, what have you noticed and seen uh, recently in your time of, of how those leaders are experiencing this? Yeah, it's a good question, Brandon. What comes to my mind is that if I watch the uh, the Seahawks on Sunday struggle, my one of my first questions is, "What's Pete Carroll going to do? How's he going to, you know, uh, respond?" And so we had this uh, natural connection between the state of the church and the state of its leaders. And you know, my sense is that um, their pastors are, are are kind of all over the board in some ways. But there is, if you read, you know. Uh, books on, on the, that are being written for pastors, you get a sense that there's a, a deep sense uh, in a lot of pastors of maybe uh, questioning. Uh, I've been trained to do it this way. This way used to work, but now I'm not really sure it's working anymore. Pastors that are looking at their members who might only be coming you know, once a month to church, things that used to quote unquote work no longer seem to be having the same impact. Numbers are fading. You know, there's churches that are closing their doors. And in some cases, the church is getting older and grayer. You hear that a lot. It's not attractive to young people. How do we attract a generation that seems to be checked? So there's this, there is a sense of um, not being confident. You know, they have the tools necessarily to, um, to be and to implement uh, a way of doing church that will meet needs and, and draw people in. And I think, you know, you can read a book, you can try a new strategy, do what this church tried. But in the end, I think, I think it's, not, it's not moving, you know, towards a strong sense of confidence and, and success. Um, and I think the COVID crisis in some ways is a twofold thing, Brandon. On the one hand, it's bringing a sense of disruption, of, of openness, of recognition that we may have to change, but it also brings with it some new challenges, just how do we keep the old church going? I had um, the, one pastor say that first we have to ask the question now, what do we do? Oh my gosh, we can't meet. So what the first thing we got to do is put church online. That's the immediate thing and put, you know, disinfection policies into place, et cetera. But then there's the next question, which is, okay, are we going to move our small groups to online? Are we going to, I mean, the whole moving into this extended season and making some adaptations, 
Uh, but then the challenge is to go from now to next and to new. And I think this is, this is you hear this all the time that there's going to be a new normal. Uh, but how do we get from where we are to this new normal, knowing that it might require some uh, repentance, like a turning away from some things, letting go of some things, relearning some things. And we like to use the language of, you know, kind of to reframe something, you know, um, that, that's, that is the, the challenge of, of going forward. Yeah, John, I got to agree with you in that. And even just my own sense of, of realizing that, you know, the time that we're in is extremely crucial. And I think we're in a history changing moment and there's this danger um, that I feel that we could have, we could slip back into this idea of rebooting where we're just going to kind of hunker down and hold out until this, this storm passes. And then we'll reboot everything that we used to do. And we'll just go back to life as normal. When I, when I feel that God is doing something different. And the other thing that we could do is recalibrate. And in that sense, I think there's this understanding that something's off. We're, we're off kilter a little bit. Um, right. We realize there's error, but let's figure out where the error is and just adjust a little bit and get back aligned with kind of original thinking. And what you're proposing here is it just, there's a reframing kind of a different perspective of, yeah. of the way these things, um, of the way these things fit together. Um, I think that's great. Could you give us a little bit more about what you mean by um, reframing in this sense? Well, I think, you know, when I, I, I had a friend uh, who a couple of years ago bought a house that literally um, was taken down to the studs and then they couldn't finish. So they sold it. So anyway, he went in and completely redid the floor plan, Brandon, and added a second floor, some things that weren't there before. And, and so when you, that, that kind of a remodel is so different than just touching up the paint or changing the floor, you know, it, um, and so uh, I think what we're, what we're looking at here, you know, when we talk about the discipleship reframed is taking, you know, a look at the church going down to the studs. Why do we do what we do? Has it been working? Is it aligned with what Christ's priority? And then being willing to kind of make a frame, you know, uh, that would really represent a more, uh, what we would hope to be a more effective approach, you know, to making uh, disciples. Again, the idea of a frame, of course, is not that everybody would do it the same way, right, that it churches would all look alike, but that there would be a sense that we have gone down, we've made some unnecessary changes, and we've got a framework. That's kind of what we've come out of reframing that we can lean into and make specific strategies and tactics towards you know, a culture of discipleship, you know, and I think that's going to just take, that takes more time and more effort than most of us have given to rethinking, you know, the vision of our churches. And, and I just think of, you know, examples and cultures like football or sports where people like Russ Wilson, Russell Wilson, I'm again, I'm a Seahawks person out here in the Northwest, but we all watched him doing another miracle this last Sunday. And, the effort that he had to go through over the last months and working with his receivers um, and practicing and understanding the opponent and watching game films and being willing to adjust his approach, that for me is kind of a model of what the, the intensity of the church and our leadership now as we think about reframing and becoming more intentional about transformation in the future. Mm, yeah, that's good. So, I mean, you're, you're really talking about, you know, a large 
scale understanding of reframing the way we do church and, and really kind of changing the priority of it. What comes to mind for me is like, is just form, form and function and architecture that an architect wants to know what the function of the building is, and then it builds its form to fit it best. Um, yep. And it seems right now what you're, where we've almost framed um, around the wrong idea um, or, or a, uh, maybe almost a, a misdefined idea of this. And, you know, we're talking about discipleship and, and reframing here. And discipleship is a word that's thrown around in the church world all over the place. You know, I mean, and Jesus obviously chose his 12 uh, disciples that he had. Um, discipleship is really what we're supposed to do. We understand um, that disciples are meant to look like the teacher that they, they, they follow they yep. do those types of things um but for the sake of everyone and um who's listening to this how would you say kingdom story defines discipleship and how are we really going to look at it um as it relates to the discipleship refrain yeah no that's good and i think part of the importance of your question brandon is you is that you have to know um you have to know what uh, the goal is to be able to evaluate whether you're successful. And so, yeah, a word like discipleship, like the word love or whatever can have so many different meanings. And so, yeah, let's, let's do that. And the way we've, we've described it and, and we've got, whether in different countries, I've been in China and Africa and different American pastors, no one's struggled with this. It seems to capture what everybody can say that I've exposed this to is say, yep, I, I agree with that. And that here it is. Discipleship is the lifelong process of becoming like Jesus in every way and helping others to do the same. And each of those words uh, leaves a lot of room for, you know, for a specific expression, Brandon, but, but there, are, there are things that you can hang you know, your, your perspective of church on. One is that it's discipleship is a, a process, right? So it's not a formula, uh, it's not a program. If you do this program, that's discipleship. A process will include programs, but it's messy, it's interactive. Uh, you look at the life of Jesus, it's a process and it's lifelong. It's not something that you just do for the first year you join the church or during your youth years um, or the first couple of years of after you make a commitment. It's, it's like the process of growing as a human being. It's lifelong um, and that has huge implications. And then the goal is to become like Jesus. So becoming, we are changing it's it's a transforming thing um and it's like jesus that he is our model that we're going to look to him and what he valued and what was important in his life and teachings that's the goal that like christ and so in every way that we're again it's more than just the mind it's and how we think or taking classes it's more than just the heart and what we feel it's more than just our behavior it's all of these spheres of life that we want to become like Christ. And then the last part of the definition, Brandon, is just helping others to do the same as disciples make disciples. It's like people grow up and then they have children. And you know, that's the for most of us, that's kind of the, the experience. That's how the world gets repopulated, right? Mm -hmm. And so the expectation is, is that if you've been given something, you can give it away, that you can help others. And so the lifelong process of becoming like Jesus in every way and helping others to do the same. Wow, that's uh, I, I love that definition, John, as we've thought about it. And there's so many parts, as you've said, to continue to unpack. And, you know, for me as, as a disciple, for us as leaders that we're sitting there, I think that, you know, it's a really good step in the next place to see, you know, how am I doing in that? And the kind of the word we've used um, for this is about a diagnosis. And I think some of us um, 
get a little afraid. I mean, when we think about a diagnosis, when it comes to, you know, our health and whatnot, but I think there's, it's, it's an, it's a good time uh, mm-hmm. for us to take an honest look at what it might mean to diagnose, you know, our church and our, our own selves and kind of how it relates to this, um, this definition. If this is the goal, if this is the place that we're going, how, um, how am I doing in that? And so um, how, how do you, how do, how do you, how are we going to walk through that? How do you explain that from the kingdom story point is in this next place, how might we take an honest look at ourselves? Yeah. Well, and thank you. know, that's, I think that's really an important part of what we, where we want to start, uh, Brandon. I think, you know, you could, you could use an example of uh, somebody who has just this general sense that something in their body isn't feeling well, kind of an ache and a pain or the heart isn't beating quite the same normal way, you know, and, you know, there are different responses to that, that I can see, you know, whether it's pastors or churches is, oh, well, I don't like the doctor. I just want to keep going and pretend that nothing's wrong. Right. So they don't even go in. But then there are people who only will go to the doctor when they're on their deathbed, right? So, so in some ways, the church, you, you know, had, there can be a tendency that we're really not going to take a deep, honest look at a diagnosis and look under every, you know, every rug and every, um, you know, every board to say what's really going on underneath the surface until it's just like, it's a crisis. Um, and then there are people, and this is where, you know, I hope that this is where some of us, where you know that something's going on, and before you wait until it's too late, you trust the doctor enough, you trust the process to go in. And when that happens, the doctor then uh, has the opportunity, the great physician, which we'll see as God here, has the opportunity to give you a chance to, you know, you get that clipboard at the beginning to check the boxes and what's going on. I want to know, I'm going to take your pulse and um, I'm going to look at your blood pressure. I'm going to look for symptoms that, that can help me then get to the root of the issue so I can really know how to help you. And uh, so one of the questions, of course, for us is what does it mean to take the pulse of the church? How do we know? What are the signs that a church is healthy? And I think what we're going to do in, in the discipleship reframed approach is to take a look at some of the things that were so essential to Jesus's life that, 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 that we ought to look for them in ourselves if we're doing, if we're becoming more like him. So for example, Jesus loved God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then invited us to do the same. So we could look at a church, Brandon, and say, what are the signs in our church that people over time in a lifelong process are giving more and more of their devotion and their love to God than to anything else? That would be a sign to, uh, of health. Um, maybe influencing the world. Are the people, Jesus, everywhere he went, he made a difference in the world. What about the folks, you know, and as they move from our church pews and chairs into neighborhoods, into their workplace, um, are we making a difference? Um, is God using us to to fundamentally become salt and light. And so uh, that's where I think we need to just take some time and deepen the diagnosis before then we can really get a sense of where do we go from here? Yeah, John, um, I think really grasping this idea, of, you know, not only the having the measurables of our people growing in their love for God, but then taking that honest look and looking back and saying, if you know, are, are the words that are coming out of our people's mouth uplifting? And if not, why not? Right. Um, how are they acting on social media? How, are the people, are people serving or are they simply 
you know, a, um, attending on Sunday morning or, or seeing us online? Are people getting healed? Or are they still just as angry as they were when they came right. in 20 years ago? Oh, yeah. And how uh, are we treating our kids in our homes? You know, we get them all dressed up to go to church when we could go to church, right? And But maybe at the home, there's a completely different way that we behave with our, our spouses or... Uh, it goes on and on. There are addictions to pornography as men, to our passivity with video games, et cetera. Are we fundamentally being transformed from those places, you know, to um, to love God and to commit ourselves to the community, to show up for church, you know, as our community on a regular basis instead of occasional? There's there's just signs, right, that that um, that something might be going on deeper. And to take a closer look will get us closer than to saying, how, where do we go from here and how can Jesus' life motivate us uh, to make disciples uh, in the 21st century? Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, John. I mean, this is, this is a hard topic really to talk about, you know, to take an honest look at the church. And I think yep. most times we would, uh, people would try to end on this huge positive uptick and not that there isn't a positive uptick, but I think there's a there's a benefit to the weight of us sitting in this place and really kind of understanding um, where are we, you know, in this and can we take an honest look at, at reframing some of these things? Can we look at the symptoms of our, um, of what's going on in our church and really be challenged as to what God is, is doing in this. And, you know, the next time, the next week we come on and, and we discuss, um, we're going to get a little deeper into how we identify um, some of these, these, the symptoms, these things, and how we might be able to, grow towards a fullness, right? Is that, that what we do talk about relationships? Yeah, the sessions ahead will definitely take a, a closer look at the diagnosis at what we're doing and what impact it's making and how we arrive to doing church the way we have. And then that'll begin to launch us towards a, a very, a very fresh look uh, at the life of Jesus and how we might create a culture of discipleship in our churches. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. my prayer for those listening is just that, you know, to, to take your prayer to God and to, to feel the weight um, of this and to really take an honest assessment. We all need it. And I think God wants to, to bring us towards transformation. John, thank you for all that you shared today. Um, uh, it's been to, good. Yeah. To lean into this, this idea of diagnosing and understanding just the crisis that we might be in, not trying to work harder, but let's work smarter and reframe um, this thing and God doing something new. Um, and yeah, for sure, for sure, Brandon, we don't have all the answers and this seminar isn't, you know, a 100% foolproof, you know, formula, but we are excited about the conversation and to be in it with others as we explore this together, um, because we're all in it together. Um, so I'm excited as a learner, uh, as well as a facilitator to be in this. Yeah. Well, we thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we, we pray um, for your continued resolve and your steadfastness in this. Keep going after it. We love you. We thank you guys for joining us. And just remember that John and I are both just two disciples. Yep. And trying to find our place in God's story. Yep. Take, take care, everyone. See you later. Thanks again, Brandon.